state president trump won in 2016 by only one percent the economy improving in pennsylvania in the past two years with manufacturing jobs back and unemployment down here's the president the united states added 263,000 jobs just last month far exceeding any expectations and since the election We've created nearly 6 million new jobs. Now, if I would have ever said that to the fake news media, look at how many back there. Wow. That's a lot of people. You're listening to USA Radio News. Summer is just about here, and you know you're trying to get in shape. There's nothing more key to getting in shape and recovering from your workouts than getting deep restorative sleep. And the best way to get it is with MyPillow. Now, the offer we have right now is one of the best you've ever seen. When you go to MyPillow.com, click on the two-pack special, type in promo code USA, you'll get two MyPillow premium pillows for just $69.98, $34.99 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV, and better than you'll find in almost any store. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the two-pack special to get two MyPillow premium pillows for $34.95 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered. Go to MyPillow.com, enter promo code USA, or call one 800 951 8175 to get this great offer, a great night's sleep just in time for summer with my pillow. Taking a look now at your money on Wall Street, stocks in the red, the Dow down 84 points to close at 25,679, the Nasdaq down almost 114 points, and the S&P 500 down 19 points. Staying with the economy now, gas prices down for another week in a row as we head into prime driving season with Memorial Day weekend upcoming. Here's USA Radio's John Clemens. A trio of factors can be attributed to the drop in gasoline prices. The seasonal adjustments at refineries is wrapping up, while the price of oil has declined to $63 per barrel, which is a drop of $3. There's also concern over what impact a trade war with China will have on the U.S. economy. Patrick DeHaan is with GasBuddy.com. Average gas prices across the country have dropped about two cents per gallon, the national average falling to $2.86 per gallon. I'm John Clemens. This is USA Radio News. The showroom at South Point presents the unmistakable sound of the Kingston Trio live in concert. You'll hear all the favorites May 31st to June 2nd. Tickets at the box office online at southpointcasino.com or charged by phone 702-797-8055. The Kingston Trio at the South Point. Are you looking for the easiest way to stay connected with KSHP and the Radio Shopping Show? Then sign up for the KSHP VIP Text Club. Simply text the letters KSHP to the number 86677, and you'll be the first to find out about big sales, hourly specials, and promotions running at KSHP. Once again, text KSHP to 86677 and never miss out on any of our amazing deals and sales at the Radio Shopping Show. KSHP VIP Text Club, keeping you connected to your favorite radio station. At Sarah's Kitchen in the Klondike Casino, they feature timeless favorites like beer-battered cod, slow-roasted prime rib, 
and Southern Fried Chicken. All right from Sarah's Family Cookbook. Sarah's Kitchen serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner and offers a late-night menu for you night owls. Check out Sarah's Kitchen at www.klondikesunset.com. They're at 444 West Sunset Road in Henderson. Sarah's Kitchen. Think of it as the best in home cooking without having to cook. Go with Reliable, ReliableBanner.com. It's a new year, and most businesses are looking to have a great 2019. Now is the perfect time to update your storefront, order new promotional items, and get started on that new ad campaign. Reliable Banner is your marketing partner when it comes to signs, custom banners, vehicle graphics, stickers, and offset printing. Reliable Banner will print it, stitch it, fly, and post it. And it's 100% reliable. Go with Reliable, ReliableBanner.com. The thoughts and opinions expressed in the following program are those of the program's participants and do not necessarily represent those of station staff, management, and advertisers. Give me the green light. Cause I'm ready to go. Get ready to kick it up a notch. If you live and breathe sports, then this is the place to get your hot takes. Welcome to Vegas Sports Hub. Vegas Sports Hub. With your host, Ian Rakelli, on KSHP AM 1400. Or stream the show live at KSHP.com. Now, turn up the volume and get ready for Vegas Sports Hub with Ian Rakelli. Kelly. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Ian Rakelli, and welcome to Vegas Sports Hub. I got my co-host Ethan Gettemeyer. Hello. Here as well. We're gonna get into the baseball world. We're gonna kick it off with the Chicago Cubs. The great Chicago Cubs. The boring Chicago Cubs. No, that's the Chicago White Sox. Now, I'd rather cheer for the White Sox than the Cubs. Uh, Black Sox, whatever. So, when we look at the Chicago Cubs, there has been some news coming out lately that the Cubs will not protest the Nationals game after all. People do not know, on Saturday night, the Cubs lost 5-2 to the Nationals. Cubs manager Joe Madden argued that Washington Nationals relieve... relieve reliever Sean Doolittle used a illegal delivery in the ninth inning of the game. Dr. Doolittle? Exactly, Dr. Doolittle, and said that Chicago was going to play under protest. The Cubs had, uh, according to MLB rules, the Cubs have 24 hours to submit an official grievance to the league. They decided not to. Now, this brings up an interesting point, and this brings up an interesting argument. Because this isn't just baseball, but this could be all sports as well. Should teams be allowed to protest games after a bad call and or if they think it is a legal problem in the game? Because when you look at the world of sports, you look at baseball, basketball, football, hockey, in the last couple of months, there have been horrible calls that have happened late in games. Golden Knight Sharks. Exactly. And then we talk about the NFL, the Saints-Rams NFC Championship game. So my co-host, Ethan Gettemeyer, I want to ask you, do you think it would be a great idea to allow teams to protest games after a bad call? Well, it would have to be under certain circumstances. Like, you know, would they, are they protesting it, like, during the game while it's being played, or... It would be after the game. After the game. Okay, so, no. No, you can't really... I wouldn't say you should protest 
you know, the games. I mean, it's already done and over with, so basically you're just waiting Okay, but if you season. got screwed over, if you're a team that had a bad call not go your way, you don't think it'd be a great idea to stop the umpire and say, hey, I'm protesting this game until we get an official ruling from this from the league? No, because the game is over with. It's done, you know, the n- numbers are already in the win column or the loss column, depending on where you stand on it, you know, the same. Okay, but it can be made up. In sports, they have makeup games where they can start from a minute, two minutes after, and finish the rest of the game. It happened in the NBA about a decade ago. So you're having, say, a baseball game. Say it's the Phillies and the Pirates. You're going to have them play a whole nine-inning game. You're going to get a protested game, and then you're going to play it immediately after? What you would do, and this is what happens at doubleheader sometimes when it gets rained out, depending on how far the game has gone, you play the rest of that game until the game is over. So you basically would start from right there, you would make up the game, start from right there until the game's over. So you would go back to inning one? No, you would go from the inning that the bad call was issued, or the game, or in the second that you are protesting the call. So if it's the bottom of the ninth with two outs, no runners on, and you protest the game, then what happens? You would start from the ninth inning with two outs left in the game. That makes no sense. Okay, I'll give you an example. The Heat and the Atlanta Hawks ten years ago. With no, no, two- that's basketball. Give me a baseball example. With baseball? Well, here's the thing. Protesting really rarely ever happens in baseball. I mean, it's okay. rare that a team ever files a grievance with MLB, like in this example where the Cubs had 24 hours to submit an official grievance to the league. Okay, so let's say that they do and they approve it. Give me the example of what would happen. What would happen is that from the bad call, you would start at that point. So let's say it was a ninth inning, there was zero outs, and there was runners on first and third. You would start from immediately that point. So basically, you'd be having a do-over. Basically, like in video games, if you've ever played a video game, you would know that you could redo it and start over from that point. From that point. Now, so basically it would just be you're watching a 15-20 minute game. Exactly. And the NBA point I was going to bring up is that that happened 10 years ago where an offici- where the officiating, the uh, note keepers, made an error on the game between the Hawks and the Heat. So a couple of months later, they had to literally play the final two minutes of the game, go back, uh, finish the game, go back to the locker room, and then two hours later play an entire game between the two. Well, and that also happened... I believe it was the it was a Stanley Cup final game. I believe it was Boston Edmonton back, but it wasn't a it wasn't a re never mind it was a blackout. So, never mind, my points invalid. Right. And then sometimes during rain delays, if there has been a game that has been rained out in the middle of a baseball game, they've done this too where in the game 1 of a doubleheader, they will continue the rest of the game, finish it, and then they'll go to game 2, which is the game that we're going to play that day. So you basically could have game one of a doubleheader between two teams be the end of the game that was protested. Interesting. So my so the scenario I wanted to bring up was, once again, the Golden Knights and the Sharks, since that was a topic that everyone wants to talk about. Let's say that protesting a game was allowed, where the NHL gave you 24 hours to file a grievance, right? Let's I say think they're got, allowed to, aren't they? Okay, well, let's say they got accepted. Let's say that the Golden Knights... It was accepted. You know what? Your grievance is okay. That's fine. So they would have to play the final five minutes of that game over again. Okay. And it would be a 4-4 tie. No, sorry. A 
3-2 lead for Vegas, right? Right. Exactly. Okay. okay. So, so my question to you would be, if would that be fair from a from a league standpoint, would that be fair to introduce protests into a game and allowing basically a complete do-over? Well, I think we're already getting it with, you know, the like all the calls being reviewed and everything. So I feel like in that sense, it already is basically their do-over. So Because let's not forget the NFC Championship game from last year and the Saints and the Rams. The Saints wanted a do-over. But since well, and pro- so did the fans. Well, since the but since a protest is not in the NFL, that's not part of the rule book, by the way. They can't re they can't start over an NFL no. game. But if that was allowed in the NFL, that would have been huge for the Saints, right? Because you would put what one forty seven left on the board, roughly, that, yeah. Right, that would be huge if they but were. But that would to be protest. a running clock as well. Right, exactly. So my point I wanted to make was that the problem with protesting a game, and I'm playing devil's advocate here. We just said why it would be a good thing. The problem, if you had a protest and you had to do it over, is that the same outcome could still happen, uh-huh. which means the fans would be upset anyway. Well, and going back to that that five-minute major, you know, you really the, – the point I want to bring up with that is the fact that, yes, it, it screwed over the Knights – but the Knights slowed down when it came to that. They did not keep their momentum. They did not keep their speed. So the fact that they were just, you know, they they started lollygagging. And that is what caused San Jose to come back and win it. Well, also, the, well, that was actually going to be my second point. Momentum. Exactly. Let's, just say you yeah. got, let's just say you had to do a do-over because you protested a game. Well, all your momentum is lost. Yeah. All of the momentum and all of the focus that you have gotten during that 40 50 minutes you have already played that's gone mm-hmm. now you gotta start over from scratch yep and your your legs aren't gonna be the same as they were during no. the game right and then let's just say for example it did change let's say the team that lost won well guess what now the other fans are gonna be mad because you protested that game and now they're out and now they're gonna protest and say we got screwed over exactly so there really is no win-win Right. There is no win-win if you are protesting a game because if you win, if you win the game that you lost, you're going to be happy, but the other team's going to be mad. And if the outcome is still the same and that team wins, you're going to still be mad regardless. Well, I so sticking with the Knights Sharks, I feel like if the same outcome still happened with the do-over, fans wouldn't be as upset because they still they the Knights would have lost fair and square. Nah, come on, let's be honest, the fans would still be upset anyway. Oh, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to be nice to the fans. I know you're trying to be nice, but I'm a realist. Come on, the Golden Knights fans—they would be upset. The Golden way. Knight fans don't know how to take a loss. I'm sorry, but we all know it's true. So, no matter what, even when they lost in the final, they didn't know how to deal with that. All right. Well, when we well when we get into our second part of our show at the bottom of the hour, we're gonna talk hockey, and we will be. I'm excited for that. We'll be discussing the Golden Knights at some point during that second part of the hour. Now, when we come back from commercial break here on Vegas Sports Hub, we're going to continue with our baseball conversation. And we're going to move on to the NL East, and we're going to talk about the New York Mets when we come back here on Vegas Sports Hub. Experience the vacation of a lifetime with Dream Vacation Week. Enjoy a fantastic seven-night resort vacation for a low price at some of the most popular destinations in the world. Don't take our word for it. Hear what our radio shopping show listeners have to say about Dream Vacation Week. Yes, we went to Park City, and it was the best. 
Oh my gosh, it was so wonderful. To Sedona, wonderful. It was a really good, really good experience. To book your vacation of a lifetime, visit them online at dreamvacationweek.com. That's dreamvacationweek.com. Destination, South Point. 11 great restaurants, bingo, bowling, movies, race books, sports books, spa, live entertainment, oversized rooms, and the rates, unbeatable. The South Point, Las Vegas. Book now. Online at southpointcasino.com or call 866-791-7626. southpointcasino.com or call 866-791-7626. At the South Point, Las Vegas, you're always a winner. Simple Subs is an innovative concept in sub sandwiches. They've created a hybrid in subs by combining the taste of classic New York Italian flavors using homemade recipes with the Las Vegas twist of including great sub names and zesty profiles for each menu item. And they're not just subs. Simple has soups and salads, snack appetizers, and desserts. Simple Subs is located at 5135 South Fort Apache on the southwest corner of Reno Avenue. Call them at 702-998-2555 and check them out at SimpleSubs.com. Best of Las Vegas winners each of the last two years. Glazed Donuts is a family business. Taste the passion and quality in each delectable handmade donut. Experience amazing fresh donuts at Glazed Donuts. Located at 6545 South Fort Apache Road on the southwest corner of Sunset. Glaze is open every day from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. If you're interested in large orders, please call them at 702-246-2888. Follow Glaze on Facebook and Instagram where they're showing off all their delicious treats. And check them out at glazedonutslv.com. The man, the comedian, the legend, George Wallace, returns to Las Vegas with a new show at Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. George Wallace has been selling out comedy clubs and concert venues all over the world for decades. And now he brings his new show, Wallace, at Westgate to Las Vegas Tuesday through Saturday at 8 o'clock. Tickets start at just 65 and can be purchased at westgateresorts.com. That's westgateresorts.com. George Wallace, great for fans of all ages. Don't miss the legendary George Wallace at the Westgate. And we are back here on Vegas Sports Hub. I am your host, Ian Rakelli. My co-host, Ethan Gettemeyer, What's up? is here as well. I mean, I guess we could just say we're uh, Stryker and Casper, but, you know, and see how the audience reacts <laughs> yeah. to that. In fact, go on our Twitter, at Vegas Sports Hub, and let us know about those two names there, Stryker and Casper. Yeah, just now, set up a poll. Set up a poll on Twitter. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to have my uh, co-host here set that up because I am horrible social media. <laughs> now, so am I. Now, we're going to get into the NL East since we were talking about the Cubs and the Nationals. I'm going to stay with the NL East. I'm going to go over to the New York Mets because there was a big story coming out of the New York Mets organization that is huge. Let's hear it. They, the New York Mets star left fielder, Jonas Cespedes, broke his right ankle in an accident on his ranch. Therefore, let's remind her that the New York Mets right now are on a road trip right now. They're supposed to be traveling with the team. And Jonas Cespedes is already injured. He has not played this season after undergoing surgery to remove um, to remove an injury put on his heels last year. So let's get this straight. He was supposed to be sidelined for half of the season. He was supposed to come back towards July or August. And what does this guy do? He gets injured and breaks his ankle on his ranch. I'm curious to know what he was doing on his ranch. I mean, that's just... 
like, can you just imagine the stupidity there? You're already injured. You're already costing yourself millions of dollars in the process. Not that he matters because he's already getting paid five-something million dollars a year. But it's just ridiculous. I mean, it wasn't really his fault. It could have been a freak accident. Well, but why would you put yourself in that situation to begin with? You're trying to rehab, right? You're trying to get yourself Okay, back. well, he is a country boy, so, you know. Well, first off, he's actually from uh, overseas, actually. He's actually from the Dominican Republic. Well, it doesn't matter. If he has a ranch, he's a country boy. And you got to add the So accent. he's a country boy by No, 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 no. You have to add the southern twang. It's not country boy. It's country boy. Right. <laughs> but that's just the problem I have with, the, with, with this, with the story that just came out. So you're making millions of dollars. You are sidelined. You're supposed to be rehabbing, and you break your ankle. But I mean, it could have been a freak accident. Who knows? But think about the situation he just put the Mets in. They've already lost Michael Conferto. Well, they're he, not a playoff he, team as a, it is, so it doesn't really matter. What okay, but they went nine and twenty-four in the last thirty-one games after starting the season eleven and six. That's sad. I mean, it's sad, but at the same time, what is the New York Mets going to do? Think about all the players. They're going to go into their farm teams and look for players that they can bring Who, up. Who, Tim Tebow? Sure. He's in AAA. What's he going to do besides sell tickets? Smile and wave. I mean, think about the outfield situation the Mets are in. They've lost Conferto. They've lost Cespedes. Brandon Nemo, I mean, he's a good leadoff hitter, but let's be honest, he's not the best outfielder that they have. Well, find Nemo and put him in. And Robinson Cano. And I saw the pun you just did there. <laughs> and Robinson Cano, their star acquisition in the offseason, he hasn't done anything for them. His stats have been mediocre, and I'm putting it at best there for the New York Mets. So if you are the Mets and you are the general manager and Brody Van uh, Worgen, you have been in a horrible situation because of what Who? Cespedes just did. Their general manager. What's his name? Brody Van Wagen. Wagen? That's a funny last name. It's probably German. Let's just be probably. honest. Probably. But, I mean, he's just been put in a horrible situation, and I feel bad for him. I feel bad for the New York Mets. I mean, he's 33 years old, Cespedes is, and he has now been injured three times in the last two years. Let's be honest, Ian. You don't feel bad for the Mets. You hate the Mets. You don't feel bad one bit. See, my co-host caught me here. He knows that I have a dislike for the New York Mets. And you know what? You should bring up Tebow. I mean, he hit his first home run in AAA this year. Congratulations. Yeah, give him the round of applause. I mean, congratulations. I mean, you're just a ploy to sell tickets, but you know what? Great job. You hit your first home run in AAA. You know what? I don't mind Tebow. You know why? Why? He's still wearing the blue and orange. So at heart, he's still a Bronco. Okay, but he's still a Florida Gator, too. I mean, you could just bring up that point, too. Yeah, well, I, I didn't follow his college career. I followed his NFL career. I mean... And he, but, was, a, he was a Bronco, so... But you got to admit, though, he did just as much for the Denver Broncos as he has for the New York Mets organization. Well, he won them a playoff game. He won, he won them a wild card game against well, the Steelers. Can we just say that was a technicality? We're going to get off topic here, but can we just say that wild card game was a technicality? No, because that was an amazing pass to Demarius Thomas. Okay, you give him 10 more chances to throw that ball, and it's not going to happen again. I say you're wrong. I say it does happen. Explain to me how. Well, you throw it to, let's say, now Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders just has the right amount of speed as well. Well, first off, he was on the Steelers back then. He wasn't on the Broncos. But Okay, when well, you look at- let's, let's, put, let's say he is on the Broncos now, back then. You know, you still have Demarius Thomas. At the time, you still had Julius Thomas, who was just a very capable wide receiver as well as Demarius. So it doesn't matter. You can throw it to either player. And they're still going to make the pass. I say you give him 20 passes, and he will connect every pass. 
Okay, but you look at that play. You watch it back. If it is I've not, watched it so many times. If it is not Demarius Thomas put on Ike Taylor, who is not a bad QB, but he's not a great QB who's going to be a pro bowler. Right. All right? Right. You put him on the side of Troy Polamalu? You put him on the side of uh, William Gay? No, you no, You put him no, on that no. side? You, you put him on the side with Troy Polamalu? I guarantee you, Demarius Thomas smokes Troy Polamalu. I completely disagree. Okay, with his old famer like with that. his old age, yeah, he's smoking him. Troy Polamalu was only two years, uh, only two years later was going to retire, which means he wasn't at the end of his career. Yeah, he was. He was the on fa- the, the was fact on the- that he played two more years was very costly for him okay. because they were not in the playoffs. Okay, but consider me this. Troy Polamalu was on the back end of his prime at that point. Uh-huh. He retired very early on. He wasn't like he spent, I think he only spent like 10, 11, 12 years in the NFL. He didn't play 15, 16, 17 years. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't like he was a old player by that point. He, he was. On the, he was, he on, was, the, he he was, was on the back end of his mid to late prime. 30s. Okay, how that, was that when he was only 22 years old when he got drafted? So if he only spent 10 or 11 years, that means he was just starting to get into his 30s at that point. You're right. So the point I'm trying to make is you put him on that side with Troy Polamalu. And he still gets smoked. I completely don't. I, I completely disagree. I think Troy Polamalu would catch him by that point. Explain to me. You look at the play and you look at the route that Demarius, Demarius Thomas did. Yeah, he did a slant. He did a slant route against Ike Taylor. And like I said, Ike Taylor's not a bad player. And also I just remembered that Ryan Clark, who was another good safety for the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, was not there on that play. It was Ryan Mo- uh, Mundy. Mm-hmm. So you put Ryan Clark in there, and you have Troy Polamalu, two very good safeties for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And yes, we are revising history here on Vegas Sports Hub. But when I look at that play, you put those two safeties there, and you put them up against a second-year Demarius Thomas, I don't see it happening. I don't see Demarius Thomas being able to get through that slant route, get past Ike Taylor and Ryan Mundy, because that's what he did, put him against Ike Taylor and Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark was a very solid Safety. In fact, he's on the NFL Network actually as an analyst right now. So good job to him. But the the, uh, the point that I'm trying to make is the fact that Demarius Thomas caught the Pittsburgh Steelers sleeping, and if you put him against Troy Polamalu, he's gonna catch him sleeping as well, and he's gonna get smoked. And actually, I was exactly right. Yeah, in 2011, Troy Polamalu was 30 years old, so okay. he, he he barely just got into his 30s. Okay, so he retired around 32. 33? He retired at the age, at the very young age of uh, 33. Okay. And he was the cover of uh, Madden 10. Yes, he was. And that was the year they beat the Cardinals for the Super Bowl. So the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, Troy Polamalu was at the back end of his prime. You have Ryan Clark, who is a very solid safety. And, you know, William Gay is also a very good corner as well. When he went from the Saints, he was also very good for them as well. So the point I'm trying to make is, is that Demarius Thomas... If he hadn't have had to face off against a backup free safety, and he wouldn't have had to go up against a corner who do you really want to call him a than... backup? Though I mean, if they make the team, they're not technically a backup. Everyone is technically a okay, starter. Let's be real though. You have a starting free safety, and then you have the guy who is behind him in the on the depth chart. I wouldn't call them backups though. So what would you call them? Replacements. Okay, so you have a replacement in Ryan Mundy, who only I know about him because he played for the Bears for a short time period. And That's he- a joke, team. Okay, you want to know what? The last time the Bears won a Super Bowl, Drake wasn't even born yet. Okay, can we talk about the fact that the Denver Broncos, yes, they did win a Super Bowl in 2015, but that was their last playoff appearance. 
as at this point. At least we made the playoffs. Okay, but the Chicago Bears have made a playoff appearance. Bef- okay. They made it in 2018. Last time Darren Broncos was 2015. That's the last time they were relevant. I'm sorry, and when did... And didn't the Bears choke in the playoffs? Kind of like how I'm choking right now. Okay, well, first off, you're choking on water, which somehow I'm surprised that's even possible. Like, by, the way, the wrong by the way, if you're watching this, and if I had a live video, you'd <laughs> see Ethan literally choking on water. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if this was soda, at least I'd understand, but, I mean, you got a Mountain Dew right there. No, not anymore. Oh, yeah, I just forgot. Yeah. You have it over there. But seriously, how'd you choke on water? Anyway, let's get back to the original point, because we got off on, like, a five-minute tangent about the Denver Broncos. But this week, I just feel bad for the New York Mets. Otherwise, no, I do not. I dislike them, and I really am glad they're not doing that well. All right, anyway, when we come back here on Vegas Sports Hub on KSHP 1400 AM, hopefully uh, my co-host Ethan Gettermeyer and the host Ian Rickelli will not go off on a tangent, and we'll get into the hockey world here on KSHP 1400 AM. Attention Facebook Live Show fans. Join us every Friday at 5 p.m. for our big live shopping show. You can follow us on Facebook at KSHP Vegas and get notifications when we go live or just log in every Friday at 5. The Facebook Live Show is just like the radio shopping show, but on Facebook so you can see us and interact with us live. If you can spread peanut butter on bread, then you can find us and watch us on Facebook. It's that easy. We also love to do contests and give away free stuff. Don't forget, Fridays at 5 p.m. at KSHP Vegas exclusively on Facebook. In 1974, a tiny little kitchen started selling omelets to locals and tourists in historic downtown Truckee, California. At 10 feet, 3 inches wide, and only 39 seats, guests would have to squeeze in to eat their breakfast. From little beginnings to the big time in Las Vegas, Squeeze In has been featured on Food Network and Forbes for their great food served by genuinely happy people in a super fun environment. Squeeze In has two locations in Las Vegas. Go to their website at squeezein.com for more information. As a three-time international award-winning restaurant, Joe's New York Pizza uses only the freshest and best available ingredients. From giant slices of hand-tossed pie to calzones, strombolis, fingers, and wings, Joe's serves all your favorites. Stop in for a slice at one of their two Las Vegas locations at Paradise and Harmon or South Las Vegas Boulevard, or you can check out their menu at joesnewyorkpizzalv.com. The National Atomic Testing Museum is a national science, history, and educational institution that tells the story of America's nuclear weapons testing program at the Nevada test site. Located at 755 East Flamingo Road, just east of Paradise, the museum offers immersive, interactive experts for guests of all ages. The museum is Smithsonian certified and open seven days a week. For more information, visit nationalatomictestingmuseum.org. That's nationalatomictestingmuseum.org. When you bring your vehicle to Star Auto Care for Maintenance, you'll have a team of professionals at your service. Every one of our technicians has been factory trained and master status certified to ensure that you receive the highest quality and most effective service. Star Auto Care is located at 3540 East Tropicana Avenue, just east of Pecos. Star Auto Care is confident in their prices and will match any mechanic located within 20 miles. Bring your vehicle in today and let Star Auto Care give you the peace of mind you deserve when you service your car. Visit them online at starautocare.us. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and the latest lines on every game. 
STN Sports even lets you earn rewards on every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino, Fiesta Wildfire, or the El Cortez. Details at the Sportsbooks. Jumpers Jungle Family Fun Center is an indoor children's jump and party space in Las Vegas located at 2050 South Ramble Boulevard. Kids of all ages can come and jump on our bouncers, race through the obstacle courses, speed down the mega slides, slam dunk into the basketball hoops, and much more. Are you looking for that perfect birthday party venue? Look no further. Jumpers Jungle has a party package that will fit your needs. Check out the open play schedule online at jumpersjungle.com or call 702-463-JUMP. It's time to jump your way to fun at Jumpers Jungle on the corner of Oki and Rainbow. And welcome back to Vegas Sports Hub here on KSHP 1400 AM. I am your host, Ian Kelly, and we got my jumping co-host. co-host. Got my jumping co-host, Ethan Gettemeyer. Hello. And we got uh, Ian Kelly over here. Definitely not the co-host. I'm definitely the uh, main host here. <laughs> now, we're gonna as far get, as we know. <laughs> now, we're going to get into the hockey world here on Vegas Sports Hub. Yay. I want to get into the fact that the Boston Celtics swept the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, wrong sport, dude. You just said the Boston Celtics. Well, guess what, guys? Ian <laughs> Kelly is making a lot of mistakes here, so I'm not even going to boo myself because clearly my mind is so focused anywhere elsewhere. The Boston Bruins there you go. swept the Carolina Hurricanes um, for nothing. And I just want to talk real quick. Are the Boston Bruins a lock to win the Stanley Cup? No. Explain to me why. Because we still have to see who wins the Western Conference. And if it's San Jose, then San Jose is winning their first ever cup because the refs are going to make sure of that. But if it's St. Louis, St. Louis is winning. You look at Vladimir Tarasenko, you look at Jordan Bennington, you look at Alexander Steen, three of the top six guys on the team that are holding the team down, basically. And if they win tonight, I think they have the momentum going into well, first the final. Off, it's tomorrow because I do not have a game tonight. It's tomorrow. Did I say tonight? Yes, you did. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant tomorrow. Now, as you can see, people... You can boo me, too. As you can see, people on Vegas Sports Hub, we all make mistakes here. It's yeah, Monday. No we hard know. feelings. Uh, tomorrow is going to be a way better show, yeah. I promise you. <laughs> uh, stay tuned for that. Now, here's where I'm going to disagree with you. The Boston Bruins have a top six that is one of the best in hockey. Mm-hmm. And then you consider the fact that their bottom six has produced in r- really good numbers. So is in the St. Playoffs. Louis's. Okay, but not the not the momentum that the Boston Bruins have. No, I would say with Charlie, no momentum. When you look at Charlie Coyle, you look at Marcus Johansson, you look at those two and the fact that they have scored nearly 16 goals in this playoff series, let alone. I mean, look at the fact that Marcus Johansson has scored, I believe it was around six or seven goals already. And then you look at Charlie Coyle, who has a plus six or a plus seven already in the playoffs. When I look at the bottom six for the Boston Bruins, I don't think anybody can compare to it. And then, look at the defensemen for Boston Bruins. So you don't think Boston's third line can go up against St. Louis's third line? I think Boston can. I think Boston's third line can go up against St. Louis's. Yes. So you're saying, but you're saying Boston's third line would beat St. Louis's third line? Yes, I do. Really? Even with you know St. Louis's third line of Patrick Maroon, Tyler Bozak, and Robert Thomas. 
well, guys that have been helping the St. Louis Blues past Well, Vegas. they have been helping in the first three rounds get the team to where they are. But I'm saying when you look at Boston Bruins, you look at that third line, and you look at what they have been able to produce in the uh, Eastern Conference. I think that the Boston Bruins' third line, yes, they can definitely beat St. Louis's third line. How? Due to the fact that they can score, they can produce. But so can St. Louis's. The plus-minus is off the charts. And then you consider the fact that the Boston Bruins' defensive play throughout the entire playoffs has been excellent. I mean, Boston has one of the best defensive forwards in the NHL. His name is Patrice Bergeron. You may have, you may have heard of him. <laughs> I, I would say yes on that. That's the only credit I will give Boston. And then you got, when you look at the defense, right? I mean, everybody knows about Jay Bomeister. Everybody knows about Joel Edmondson. And then you look about Betrangelo for the uh, St. Louis Blues. But look at, the, look at that third line for the St. Louis Blues when it comes to defense. What do they really have on their third defense? When you compare it to Boston, you consider the fact that they have a young guy in Charlie McAvoy, who, yes, he did get in a little bit of a problem in the Columbus series. You consider you got Tory uh, Krug, who is a very solid player for the Boston Bruins. You got Sedano Chara, who, guess what? He might be on his last legs, but he can still destroy you with those last legs. You, th- I th- you think this is Chara's last year? Uh, it might be. If they win a cup this year, I think this would be his final year. And then the same could be asked about Joe Thornton. Very well, yes. And, and you're talking about St. Louis, but what about San Jose, too? I mean, if San Jose goes up against Boston, I think Boston has it in the bag. Oh, well, if, if Boston goes up against San Jose, then, uh, yeah, Boston has it easy in four. I mean, San Jose would have the older squad by a huge margin. As against Boston. Well, you even have the older squad up against St. Louis right now. Right. San Jose has an older squad than the other two. Basically. They have the, they're in the top three of old teams, aren't they? Yes, they are. It's they're... Anaheim, it's Vegas, and it's San Jose. Yeah, so... And then know. you got L.A. very, very, very up there. I think I think the only thing that's keeping L.A. is the fact that they have about like four or five... Young rookies. Super young rookies. Yeah. Shout out to Jack Campbell. Now, there you go. when I look at... Boston, and I look at their defense, I look at Tuka Rask, who, can we just admit that Tuka Rask has turned into a completely different goaltender in this playoff series? He turns into a different goaltender every playoff series, I've noticed. He's in an... He has uh, two modes, and it's regular season and playoff. Let's not forget that in that 2013 Stanley Cup that they did lose to the Chicago Blackhawks. We all know about that. Tuka Rask was one of the main reasons how they even got there, considering his playoff performance. Who did they have to beat to get to the final I, I it's blanking my mind in 2013 yeah i believe it was the um let me look it up i'm gonna say i think it was montreal but i could be wrong on that one i will fact check it for you you will fact check me and well in the meantime i will say that when i look at boston Tuka Rask, do not forget that in 2011 when he was the backup to tim thomas he still produced for the boston bruins in that 2011 season Speaking of which, Tim Thomas. It was Tom- the Penguins. It was the Penguins. Okay, yeah. we should have just. And the Blackhawks. It was for the. Uh, it was the Kings. You know what? 2013. We kind of we already knew about the Kings, but the yeah. Penguins. That is that we should have been expected. Yeah. Now, when we look at Tuukka Rask, he's had a very successful career in the playoffs, yep. and I think that him getting Boston to their third playoff appearance in this decade alone, and considering all the playoff experience that Boston already has. I think it is an absolute lock that the Boston Bruins have on this one. Would you say that they're considered a dynasty? 
it could be. I mean, let's let's face, let's talk about this. And thanks to uh, Bar Down for this information, I'm going to use you as a source. Let's consider the fact that in this decade alone, we could have three dynasties in the NHL. We had the Blackhawks, 2010, 2013, 2015. You had the Kings, 2012 and 2014. I wouldn't say they're a dynasty because they don't have... I, I would say for a dynasty, you would have to win, like like Chicago, maybe three cups in a span of maybe six or seven years. Okay, well, let's consider the fact that the Bruins, by the way, this would be their second cup. But they were made it in 2011, 2013, and then 2019. And then consider but the fact... But they didn't win it in 2013. No, they didn't. But I they, would say that you have to win the cup. So you can't just appear in three cups in the decade? No. you have to add, You have to hoist it over your head. Okay, so as by... my personal opinion of being a dynasty. Okay, because so... if if you look, let's take the Yankees for example. They have twenty seven rings. Yes, they, they do. are definitely a dynasty. Okay, but in which but in which decade? Because they were a dynasty in the seventies. They were a dynasty in the nineties. And then if you wanted to count the early two thousands, sure, go right ahead. I would say all around, with how many rings that they've won and how many you know everything that they've been in. Okay, haven't won a World Series in the last 10 years. How, how do we get on a tangent again? Anyway, but when I look at a dynasty, and when I look at everything that's happening in NHL, Blackhawks, you can count as a dynasty. The Kings had those two cups. You're not going to count it as a dynasty. But I they mean, had you a can if you good. want. It's just and then the, I wouldn't count it. And then it. the Bruins are making their third cup appearance in, their, in, this, dy- in this decade alone. I don't I mean, I and then consider the decade before in the 2000s. You had the Red Wings who won three cups in that decade. They're a dynasty. You had the Penguins who won two cups in uh, 09 and yeah. and then uh, um, okay, yeah, you had the Penguins in the 2000s, and then you had the fact that they had the Colorado Avalanche in the 90s and the late 90s, early 2000s too. But my question to you is, that if you say it's three cups and not two, that knocks out about three dynasties right mm-hmm. there. Because the Avalanche only won two. The Penguins, they won uh, back-to-back in this decade, but they didn't make it to a third one. The Kings won two in this decade, but they didn't get to a third one. So if it's three that is considered a dynasty, then I guess the Blackhawks and the Red Wings are really the only two in in this 21st century. Yeah. Uh, That sucks that the Wings have to be in it because they're gross. But, you know... Uh, I'd love to knock out the Red Wings and just say the Blackhawks are the only dynasty in the entire NHL. But that's not going to happen. I mean, you can also look back to the Islanders winning f- four Stanley Cups back to back to back to back. Right. Or the, or the, or the uh, Oilers. Or the Flyers back in the 70s when they won three in a row. They're, they're a dynasty. Back, their 70s team is a dynasty. So I would say that, you know, for Boston, they have to win this cup. And then maybe two years, three years down the line, win another cup to be considered a dynasty. But if they don't win another cup, they just win two cups in this di- in this decade. You gotta admit that it's still impressive that they've won two cups in this decade. I'm not. It I'm might not, not it might doubting not. that any team that has hoisted the cup for once, maybe twice in their their you know their in their franchise. Yeah, exactly. They're in their franchise. I'm giving all credit to them because this is the hardest sport to play. If you ask anybody, hockey is the hardest sport to play. Explain why. You have to know how to control a puck. You have to know how to balance on the ice in knives strapped to your feet. And you have to be able to take a hit in the open ice and still land and get up, brush it off, 
and skate. See, and he, here's where me and you would completely disagree. Would you say football is the hardest sport? Nope. For me, it's baseball. Well, I was going to say cricket next, but you know. To me, baseball is one of the hardest sports considering the fact that there are so many variables and so many factors that go into Baseball's baseball. for princesses. Okay, but you consider the fact that when you are a pitcher and you are a catcher, a batter, whatever you are in the baseball world, it takes a lot of math, it takes a lot of variables, and here's another thing about baseball that makes it one of the hardest sports. You literally have to decide within, let's say, one or two seconds. That's your reaction time in baseball is one of two seconds. Okay. When you're up to the plate, literally a pitch is a 90, 100-mile-an-hour pitch. You literally don't even have one second to figure out if that pitch is ready to swing or not. And when somebody's taking a slap shot and you're trying to block it, you don't have any time to think. You're either going to dive or you're going to move out of the way. Okay, but there's more time to figure out a slap shot than there is a 90, 100-mile-an-hour pitch. I wouldn't say so. Well, you know what I want to do? Because you're sca- you're you let's say for Boston, you have Charlie McAvoy skating up ice, and he's going up against Alex Petrangelo. Charlie McAvoy can skate up and immediately pull back, and at that time, Petrangelo is already gliding on on his stomach. At that time, you know he's going to be taking the shot, and that's either going to go into his face or it's going above him and into Jordan Bennington. Okay, so how about we figure out this? How about we do it this way? How about we take a guy who's going to be a catcher, we have him take a 90, 100-mile-an-hour pitch, and then we compare it to a guy who's going to take a slap shot from the blue line all the way to the goalie. Let's look. Let's find a and let's video figure out and which let's one, figure it out. Let's figure out which one takes more of a reaction time. Yeah. Because to me, I think a 100-mile-an-hour pitch, especially a fastball, as a hitter, you don't even have that much of a reaction time to figure out if you are going to swing or not, as opposed to a slap shot. As a slap shot, you do have to uh, you have to have your approach correct. You can't just immediately just shoot it. You have to you know kind of. You can. It's just gonna suck. Right, but you kind of have to you know wing back. You kind of have to go forward, and then you have to execute it. Mm-hmm. I mean, in baseball, I guess you could say for a pitcher, you got to have your wind up. You got to have your motion. But at the same time, you know, it happens so quick too. Batters have their wind up too. Okay, well they have their routine, yes, where they kind of. No, no, no. They ha- they have their wind up. When they lift that leg and then they're getting ready to swing. Right. That's what I'm talking about, the routine. You have your approach. You have your leg. You have, you know, the way that you swing your bat. Right. Of course. Same can be said for a slap shot. And that's what you still have the time to think. All right. So when we come back here on Vegas Sports Hub, uh, Ethan and I will probably figure out the reaction time from a slap shot and a 100-mile-an-hour pitch. Uh, Stay tuned for that when we come back here on Vegas Sports Hub. It's hockey. Experience the vacation of a lifetime with Dream Vacation Week. Enjoy a fantastic seven-night resort vacation for a low price at some of the most popular destinations in the world. Don't take our word for it. Hear what our radio shopping show listeners have to say about Dream Vacation Week. Yes, we went to Park City, and it was the best. Oh my gosh, it was so wonderful. To Sedona, wonderful. It was a really good, really good experience. To book your vacation of a lifetime, visit them online at dreamvacationweek.com. That's dreamvacationweek.com. 
destination, South Point. 11 great restaurants, bingo, bowling, movies, race books, sports books, spa, live entertainment, oversized rooms, and the rates unbeatable. The South Point Las Vegas. Book now. Online at southpointcasino.com or call 866-791-7626. southpointcasino.com or call 866-791-7626. At the South Point Las Vegas, you're always a winner. Simple Subs is an innovative concept in sub sandwiches. They've created a hybrid in subs by combining the taste of classic New York Italian flavors using homemade recipes with the Las Vegas twist of including great sub names and zesty profiles for each menu item. And they're not just subs. Simple has soups and salads, snack appetizers, and desserts. Simple Subs is located at 5135 South Fort Apache on the southwest corner of Reno Avenue. Call them at 702-998-2555 and check them out at SimpleSubs.com. Best of Las Vegas winners each of the last two years. Glaze Donuts is a family business. Taste the passion and quality in each delectable handmade donut. Experience amazing fresh donuts at Glaze Donuts, located at 6545 South Fort Apache Road on the southwest corner of Sunset. Glaze is open every day from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. If you're interested in large orders, please call them at 702-246-2888. Follow Glaze on Facebook and Instagram, where they're showing off all their delicious treats. And check them out at glazedonutslv.com. The man, the comedian, the legend, George Wallace, returns to Las Vegas with a new show at Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. George Wallace has been selling out comedy clubs and concert venues all over the world for decades. And now he brings his new show, Wallace, at Westgate to Las Vegas Tuesday through Saturday at 8 o'clock. Tickets start at just 65 and can be purchased at WestgateResorts.com. That's WestgateResorts.com. George Wallace, great for fans of all ages. Don't miss the legendary George Wallace at the Westgate. Attention Facebook Live Show fans. Join us every Friday at 5 p.m. for our big live shopping show. You can follow us on Facebook at KSHB Vegas and get notifications when we go live or just log in every Friday at 5. The Facebook Live Show is just like the radio shopping show, but on Facebook so you can see us and interact with us live. If you can spread peanut butter on bread, then you can find us and watch us on Facebook. It's that easy. We also love to do contests and give away free stuff. Don't forget, Fridays at 5 p.m. at KSHB Vegas exclusively on Facebook. Welcome back to Vegas Sports Hub here on KSHP 1400 AM. I am your host, Ian Kelly, and we got my co-host, Flossen, Ethan Gettemeyer. Hello. Over here. Now, <laughs> That's like a nickname. <laughs> now, we're going to continue with our conversation between a slap shot and a fastball because I happened to look this up over the break. Now, a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. In order, this is from plate to plate. Right. A 100-mile-an-hour fastball roughly takes 400 milliseconds to reach the plate. Which is, by the way, almost the same amount of time as a guy who blinks. You really cannot blink in a span of 400 milliseconds. That is how fast a pitch gets there. Okay. In the NHL, a slap shot, and I know you are going to put a, uh, I know you're going to have a, a dispute for this one. A slap shot from the blue line to a goaltender, it takes roughly 456 milliseconds to reach. The goaltender. So basically, a, you're you're saying that's for a defenseman. 
for to a shoot de- the puck. For a defenseman to hit a slap shot to the goaltender, it takes roughly 456 milliseconds. Okay, so how long would it take for a forward who isn't on the blue line to shoot the puck? Because if you look, if you if you look at it, all the forwards that take slap shots are usually in the crease of the faceoff dots. And I just got a very good tip, by the way, from a guest or a basically somebody who is listening to the show. Thank you for this. Both goalies and catchers are in front and are stopping the object with their mitt, correct? Sometimes. The the batter is going to make contact with a small round bat. Let's not forget about that. Okay. A hockey stick is a lot bigger than a baseball bat. You can agree with me on that. Yes. So let's just say that... Unless you're using a wiffle ball bat. Unless you're using a wiffle ball bat. But let's just say for this uh, argument, we have an MLB situation and a NHL situation. Okay. Okay. So an NHL type forward using a much longer stick than a MLB uh, ready baseball player with his wooden baseball bat. When you think about the fact that it takes 400 seconds for a 100 mile an hour pitch to get to the plate and a batter who is using a smaller wooden bat has to react in that amount of time. And then you have the catcher, who in our argument is basically the goaltender of a of MLB. He is having to wait for those 400 seconds to catch the ball, considering the fact that the batter does not hit it first. In hockey, let's say that there is a defenseman for this argument with a slap shot from the blue line. You're In your argument, a forward is a batter, correct? Yes. So let's say that in the forward redirected, the shot, kind of like a batter would have to hit the ball in MLB. Okay. So let's just say in that situation, it would take less of a second for a goaltender to catch it as opposed to a catcher. In but baseball. he's not always catching it. Sometimes it's bouncing off of his uh, off of his face. Sometimes right. Sometimes it redeflects. Yeah, right. and it's bouncing off his chest or his kick pads. But let's just say that he does catch it just like a catcher does catch it in okay. baseball. So, in, in my opinion, a 400 seconds, and by the way, a 105 miles an hour, because I'm good with math, that would take 350 milliseconds to get to the plate, because there are some players who can get to 105 Okay, genius, do the math for hockey, then. For hockey, that would be around 400... That'd be around. That'd be around four hundred seconds. If it was a guy like Sedano Charo, who has, what would you say, 108? 108. Okay, that'd be around 400 seconds. Which would be around the same as a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Okay, but let's say that he doesn't get redirected. Are you saying it goes into the net, or are you saying it hits the goalie, it hits the uh, goalie. straight on? Okay, well, if that's the case, first off, that's going to hurt. You're going to have some. You're gonna have to you know, put some ice on you at mm-hmm. the end of the game. But secondly, let's just say for the second that a goaltender actually catches it. Let's say that he actually catches this 108-mile-an-hour uh, slap shot. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's around 400 seconds. That, the fa- that would be less. Explain to me why. Because if it's if he's by himself and nobody's going to be blocking him... And then, no one's redirecting it. Exactly. Then he's going to have a faster shot of pulling back and releasing. Okay, well, the point that I'm trying to make and the point that you're trying to explain to me is that that is with no redirection. Just like in baseball, we're this 400 seconds that we're milliseconds that we're talking about. That is if the batter does not hit it. That is just if it you know goes straight through him. That's a strike. Right. So you're you're arguing if it makes contact. If it makes contact, obviously the milliseconds are going to be less, obviously, to right. get to the catcher or to the goal. Because batters have a have a swing time 
And by the time the ball is already crossing the plate, the bat's about midway over the plate. Right. Because for anyone who has played baseball, they know this. You basically, it's basically halfway to you, or it's not even halfway to you until you got to make a decision. Mm-hmm. For some pitchers, literally the second it leaves its hand, it's only a couple of feet away from its hand. You already got to make a decision if you're going to swing or not because of how fast it is. And considering a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, yeah, you basically got to make your decision literally a sec, like a 100 or 200 milliseconds immediately after the guy lets go. Right. Just like a slap shot, let's just say for this argument, let's say 150 milliseconds. You got to figure out in that amount of time as a goaltender, hey, am I going to put my glove here to catch it? Hey, if it's going to redirect, okay, do I got to figure out if it's going to come here? But we're discussing with no redirection. With Okay, with no redirection. So let's, let's take the batter out of the whole argument. Okay. okay. Or a forward in hockey, yes. Okay. And let's just say it's pitcher to catcher, defenseman to goalie. I'm arguing that NHL players have the harder shot and goalies have a harder time of figuring out how they're going to stop it. Okay, but would you agree with me for a goaltender, it would be around 100, 150 milliseconds I'm for them to I'm agreeing with decide. you because I'm terrible with math. Okay. What I'm trying to tell you is that with the case of an argument that you really have to determine within that much of time to figure out, hey, if you're going to put your glove here, if you're going to put you know, uh, in the five hole, if you're going to put it over here. I would say that the only saving grace and the only thing that catchers don't have that NHL goalies have is the fact that they have two pads on their arms so they can figure out what they're going to do with both hands. Right, they can redirect it without having their arm basically... Shattered into five. Yeah. Unlike baseball catchers, which if they try and go at bare hand, then they're going to have a couple missing fingers. Exactly. Now, this was definitely a great conversation here on Vegas Sports Hub. Thanks to my co-host, Ethan Gettemeyer, for the conversation. Uh, If you have your thoughts on this uh, discussion, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Vegas Sports Hub. Definitely give us a follow and like all of the content on there. Now, before we leave, there was an interesting story that happened this Sunday in the racing world that I wanted to discuss. During the NASCAR All-Star Race... Stuart Haas, number 14, Clint Boyer, got spun out on the cooldown lap by Roush Fenway's number 6, Ryan Newman. Is that what they call the last lap? The cooldown lap, yes. That okay. is after the race is over and you're heading to the pits, it's called the cooldown lap. Okay. Because you're supposed to cool off. Okay. Even though it never happens and if you're <laughs> angry, you're going to hurt. You're gonna go after him anyway. Yeah. Anyway, because there was a million dollars on the line, Ryan Newman intentionally put Clint Boyer in the wall. Heading into turn three. That sucks. So, here's what happened on pit road. Clint Boyer turned into one of those machines from the 1980s, and he decided to punch Ryan Newman 20 times while he was still in the car. (laughs) Helmet on, everything. Yikes. And the interesting part about that, and this is the funny part about the story, this upcoming Thursday at Bass Pro Shops in Charlotte, North Carolina, come on down and meet Clint Boyer and Ryan Newman. (laughs) And get your autographs today. My my only question is, and we discussed this earlier, how many people are going to take photos of the dude punching him for them to sign? It's and gonna, if, it's if that's be a the couple. case, if that happens, will there be another fight that breaks out? 
It's a possibility. I mean, the Charlotte Ambulance, you're probably going to have to be called. Charlotte Police, you're probably going to have to be called as so well. So if that's the factor, then let's just get Dana White to go in between the guys so that nothing Abs- happens. Absolutely. Then we can put them in an octagon. <laughs> totally. Uh, thank you to everyone who tuned in tonight for Vegas Sports Hub. We will be back this Tuesday as we are on Monday and Tuesdays here on KSHP. I'm your host, Ian Kelly. That was my co-host, Ethan Gettemeyer. Yes, I was. And we will be back tomorrow here on Vegas Sports Hub. Yippee. It's Brian Blessing, weekdays, noon to 2, on 1400 KSHP North Las Vegas and KSHP.com. USA Radio News with Robin Walensky. President Trump speaking in Montoursville, Pennsylvania, as a huge crowd at the hangar wearing red MAGA hats shouts, four more years. Pennsylvania.